Good morning, everybody. We'll start again. It's lovely to be with you here today in church. This is the most we've had on a Sunday, so that's really encouraging. And it's also good to have permission to be in many people's homes today. So thank you for coming and also for tuning in. Normally this Sunday would be our Harvest Festival service, and the church would be full of beautiful flowers and fruit and vegetables, and we'd be collecting lots of food at the front here for the food bank. Sadly, we can't do that this year, um, and you're just going to have to rely on your memories and your imaginations. Uh, But we'll be talking more about the food bank later, and we will sing Harvest Hymns today. For the last couple of weeks, Mike's been looking at the image of towers in 1 Peter. And last week, we had the beautiful photo of the broch, which I've probably said wrong. But anyway, there it is. Today, we're going to continue with the same theme. But rather than looking at the stages of building, we're going to be looking at the stones or the bricks that make up the tower. So let's begin our worship by singing a a well-loved hymn that got dropped last week because of a technical hitch. So those of you that were upset that we didn't get to sing How Great Thou Art, we're going to sing it this morning. Uh, You're all welcome to stand. Unfortunately, those of you in church are not allowed to sing, but anyone at home can belt this out with all their hearts. And if you're in church, feel free to clap or wiggle around a bit and enjoy the beautiful words and music. Let's stand to sing How Great Thou Art. Let's pray. Lord God, you really are great. We worship and praise you for all that you are and all that you have done. Thank you that in this world that seems to be changing every day, you are sovereign over all. Unchanging, dependable, trustworthy, compassionate, loving, and just. Thank you for your beautiful creation, for the seasons and the natural cycles that continue despite whatever else is happening in the world. We thank you for the harvest and for all who bring in the crops and provide us with food. This morning, Lord, we come to you to ask for your forgiveness. You commanded us to take care of the world, and we have messed it up. Forgive us for all the ways we have damaged this amazing creation, for polluting the earth, the sea, and the sky, for not being mindful of the cost of so-called progress to your natural world, for not taking climate change seriously and ignoring the cries to change the way we live, to slow it down. And Lord, as you forgive us, help us to change. Help us to be agents of transformation in our homes and communities in obedience to you. Thank you that you are here with us today. As we continue to worship and listen to you, speak to our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and help us to listen and respond to your word. We pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
today's reading is a new international version, and it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 8. The living stone and a chosen people. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. This is the word of God. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your holy word, and we ask that as we look at this passage this morning, you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to hear your voice. Amen. As Micah said, every week whilst we've been studying the book of 1 Peter, this letter, it was written to a people who were going through persecution, a context where people were suffering for their faith and were refugees exiled from their own land and not really accepted by the people where they had gone to live. I love how the Bible is so relevant today. Isn't that a situation we hear about on the news all the time? So it wasn't enough for them or for us to just be individual believers. They needed to be community. And there's so much in the Bible that speaks about community, particularly as I think we're going to see this morning, this passage in 1 Peter. So with that in mind, Peter is asking, I believe, two rhetorical questions, which I hope we'll find the answers to this morning. Who is Jesus and who are we or who are you? And he answers that using four pictures of different stones. First, Peter gives us this beautiful image. Jesus is the living stone, chosen and precious. For the first century Jews, this word stone would have had a very deep meaning. The hope of Israel was that God would return to Jerusalem, coming back to live forever in the temple. And the tradition was that the, this residence for God will be built on a rock or a cornerstone, like the one in this picture. So by finding the right stone in Jesus, the recipients of Peter's letter were on their way to building this new temple, not, not actually a building or a church, but the church, the people of God. So the analogy of the stone would have been very powerful for the, his readers. As well as the power of this analogy, though, Peter was using a play on words. The word stone in ancient Hebrew is very like the word sun. The Hebrew word for the for sun is ben, and the Hebrew word for stone is eben, or it's spelt E-B-E-N. Jesus used the same play on words in the parable of the tenants that we watched just now. He talked about the landlord's son who was killed by the tenants, but then at the end, he quotes this same passage from Psalm 118, 
that Peter quotes here. And his punchline at the end of his parable is actually about the stone that was rejected rather than the sun. But it's not just a linguistic link between the stone and the sun. The two words are found in a biblical promise that a son of David would rebuild the temple and would actually be the son of God himself. So this talk of a chosen, precious cornerstone that Peter takes from Isaiah 28 is not about a stone, but about a human being, Jesus. Christian community is characterized by inclusivity and diversity, and we're going to look at both of those in a minute. But Christian community also has to be exclusive. People don't like the idea of anything being exclusive, but exclusivity here means this, that the church, the people of God, must have Jesus as the cornerstone, must have Jesus as the foundation, or it's not the church. It's non-negotiable. And we will see later, it's Jesus who holds it all together. So for Peter, Jesus is this precious cornerstone. And the new temple, or the church, the people of God, is built upon him. But what's even more amazing for these scattered communities that Peter is writing to, is that they too are part of this new building, this new temple. God is no longer to live in a physical temple in Jerusalem, but in the spiritual house that is made up of them, our second type of stone. Living stones. We who find our identity in Christ, who is the living stone, as we read just now, we are part of this too. We are being built into a spiritual house or community through which God's glory will be seen. What an amazing honor and privilege that is. And what is quite amazing is that despite our differences, Despite the huge diversity that we see, not just here, but in the worldwide church, as well as our local church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we actually all fit together. Not like today's bricks that are very uniform and the same shape and size, but a bit like the bricks in this picture, or even the bricks behind me. Each with our own unique gifts and talents, and characters and personalities. Because of Jesus, we are unified. That's what makes us stand out in the world. That's why Jesus said that people will be drawn to us because of our unity, because we are being built into one spiritual house or one community. But it's also why Jesus prayed for us. He knew that being united would be difficult. It's a challenge. Mike talked last week about the four principles of building a tower, and he he hasn't managed to explain all of them. But one of those principles is found in chapter 1, verse 22. It says, love one another deeply from the heart. It's very difficult to be united. But when we love one another deeply from the heart, that love becomes the mortar that holds the bricks together all these misshapen, different-sized bricks. We need to be intentional about loving one another. Even the people we don't necessarily like. 
so that God can build his church with us, the living stones. And as we attempt to do this, something that doesn't come naturally to any of us, we should never forget that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. Recently, a friend was telling me that he had been praying for someone he was finding very difficult to love. And over the weeks, he realized he now actually loves this person. Anything is possible through the power of the Spirit when we commit it to God. If you want to know more about what this kind of love looks like, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The passage traditionally read at weddings, but actually was not written with wedding couples in mind. It was written with community in mind. It's talking about what love should look like in community that makes up the church and holds all these bricks together. I love this picture. The guy is a brick collector. I think Mike's used this picture in the past in church. But he's collected nearly 4,000 bricks, most of them from Scotland, around Scotland, all with names or places written on them. And the bricks in this picture are all fairly uniform in shape and size, so they don't work with my other analogy. But what I love about them is that every stone is named, and he has researched every single stone and knows the stories behind them. And that is the same for us. As God builds us together to form a church, he knows us all by name, and he knows our stories. And it's the intrinsic value that God sees in each one of our stories that makes the community of God, this spiritual house that's being built by us, all the richer. So we have Jesus, the cornerstone, and we have us, the living stones. My third stone is also taken from verse 7. So the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, you might say, well, you've just said the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The fact is that this verse from Psalm 118, verse 22, can be translated as either capstone or cornerstone. And to begin with, I thought, well, that's fine. We only need to talk about one of them until I looked at what a capstone is, because I'm not a builder. I have no idea. In this passage, we're told that the builders discard one particular stone because it doesn't seem to fit, only to find that when they get to the top of the arch or the top of the doorway or whatever it is, they need a stone exactly that shape to hold it all together, the red stone in that picture. Jesus was rejected by people because his plans didn't fit what they had in mind. But God has shown him to be the most important stone in the whole structure who holds it together i love this picture and it's not just because jesus holds it all together when that capstone is placed in but it only stays together as the capstone pushes against the other stones and pushes them tightly against each other the capstone ensures that all the stones are, inter are interlocked into a stable structure, and that is where God dwells. Being pushed together as community won't always be comfortable. It won't always be easy, but it is Jesus who pushes us together and who holds us together at the same time. 
And this picture also tells me that we are all equally essential. Everyone who finds their identity in Christ is included. If one of those stones seems a bit awkward or doesn't seem to be fit and is discarded, then everything's going to collapse. We need every single member of the family of God in the community of the church. We need each other. So Jesus is both cornerstone and capstone, foundation, and the one that holds us all together. And we, his followers, are the living stone stones who, as we find our identity in him and love one another deeply, are bound together to build his church. Finally, a more sobering stone. For those who do not wish to accept Jesus as the cornerstone and capstone, who do not wish to be held together in community by him, then he becomes the stumbling block. To reject Jesus is to stumble. It's not possible to just step over this stone. Those who reject him do it at their own peril. That sounds exclusive and harsh, but that is the truth of the gospel. When we encounter Christ, whoever we are, we are changed one way or another. Either we accept him and he becomes our cornerstone and our capstone and we are made into living stones, or we reject him and stumble like a blind person falling short of the destiny that could be ours in Christ. The rejection of Jesus does not make him go away or the truth of the gospel suddenly become untrue. But the ultimate consequences illustrated here with the idea of stumbling and falling are there for those who reject him. I think although this passage is specifically talking about those who reject him, we as followers of Jesus can see the analogy to a certain extent in our lives too. When we choose to disobey or to follow the world's way of doing things and not Christ, then we too will stumble. We aren't effective or as fruitful as we should be in our walk with God. And we need to stand up straight and fix our eyes on him again. Focus on Jesus so that we don't stumble. So, in summary, who is Jesus according to 1 Peter chapter 2? Jesus is the chosen, precious, living cornerstone who is the foundation on which the church is built. He's also the rejected one who becomes the capstone who holds it all together. But he's also the stumbling block to those who choose to reject him. And who are we? We who accept Jesus and follow him, who find our identity in him, we too are living stones built together to make the church. In all our diversity, with our quirks and foibles, with our doubts and failings, each and every one who accepts Jesus, he will build into his church, binding us together with the mortar of love as we love one another deeply from the heart. Everyone is included. And this picture, oops, sorry, missed a bit. Everyone has a place. We cannot go it alone. Community is vital. 
Bricks need other bricks to become a structure, just as we need each other to be followers of Jesus, to be the church. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these pictures of the different stones. Father, help us to remember that Jesus is the cornerstone and the capstone, the one who we build our lives on and the one who holds us together. Give us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the desire and the ability to love one another deeply from the heart and build your church, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, folks, as you probably know, Bigger Kirk is a satellite of the Clydesdale Food Bank, which has its headquarters in Carluke. We collect food all year round, and we also distribute food to those in need. And normally at this time of year, we would have a harvest celebration here in the church, and folks would bring gifts in kind, and we would donate those to the Clydesdale Food Bank. But Sadly, this year we can't bring our gifts in kind to the church, but we can, we can still take them to the collection points at the co-op and at Brownleeds. Um, at the beginning of lockdown in March, I was delighted when Ben Wayne, who I got to know through a start course that he attended, offered to help with the food bank. And I've got Ben here on the line now, and he has kindly agreed to answer some questions for us this morning. Hello, Ben. Good morning. How are we? I'm fine. Good, I good. think we're all fine. <laughs> ben, I wanted to know how you found playing this role of helping with the food bank in these last few months. How's it been? I've, I've got to be honest, I found it quite rewarding. Um, you know, I've had some tough times the past year or so. Um, and it puts things in perspective, really, because, you know, you're, you're visiting people that really are down their luck, you know. Yeah. Um, some of the families I've met, you know, just need a helping hand. And especially yeah. in the, for the current six months, um, you know, it's been a really tough time for a lot of families. You know, I've uh -huh. met um, single fa single parent families. I've been to single male fans, single males on their own, single uh -huh. women on their own. It's affected all different types of people. Uh -huh. And, so you know, it really does put your own problems in perspective. So the need for this pandemic has increased, uh, the need for the food bank has increased over this, this Without pandemic. Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. You know, the food bank's been growing steadily, which is unfortunate. Um, it has been uh -huh. growing steadily for the past couple of years. But um, this year, you know, we've seen a massive spike since April. Mm -hmm. And I think we sort of peaked around end of May, June time, because a lot of people lost their jobs, you know, or uh -huh. furloughed. And that, you know, that, that, that lack of extra money coming in, you know, caused a lot of people to fall back on the food bank. Um, we, t you know, we sort of tailed off July, August, um, you know, the demand sort of dropped a little bit and the last sort of four or so weeks, we've started to see a, a creeping increase in demand mm -hmm. and we expect that to increase, um, as second lockdown starts to appear, as we know we've seen already because uh -huh. we've seen announcements and also with furlough ending the end of this month, the government okay. job yeah. scheme, we just believe the increase in demand will keep us on our toes, should we say. Okay, so a big demand, but what can we do to help out more than we're doing at the moment? What can folk do? Well I, well, I think importantly, I've got to say, you know, Bigger has been a massive, massive contributor to the food bank, um, you know, even more so the past six months, you know, we've been blown away. And I, and I think I can honestly say that without Bigger's support, the Carluke, you know, the Clydesdale Food Bank, which is based at Carluke, would struggle to 
you know, fulfill demand. You know, we're very lucky and fortunate we have the likes of the Orchard um, and Brownleys, which take financial donations across the counter. So if people, you know, ideally we ask people to um, give financially across the counter at those two places. Just add a fibre to your shopping or £2 to your shopping or £10, whatever you wish to do. And in return, um, the Orchard and Brownleys go to the wholesalers and buy what we need, in, you know, in bulk, which obviously saves us, which is obviously gets us more food for the money. Um, you know, the orchard, fantastically, Ranald at the orchard, he um, sells love boxes, which is fruit and veg. You know, they're seen its very best, but it's still obviously very fresh. Um, he sells those weekly, and in return, he takes the money from those fruit boxes, and he turns that miraculously into milk, eggs, potatoes, carrots on a weekly <laughs> basis, um, which is A fantastic. miracle worker. Exactly, <laughs> Mike, exactly. Ranald. <laughs> You know, we, we, we know he's a massive help for us. You know, every week, every Wednesday, we get fresh milk, fresh eggs, fresh potatoes, carrots, apples, oranges, you know, and that, and that feeds a lot of people every single week. Uh-huh. And Brownleys, in turn, they that's a drop-off point for Brownleys. You can drop food off there. Or, again, you can add, you know, a couple of pounds or five pounds, ten pounds to shopping. And once a month, um, Donna at Brownleys, you know, off her own back, goes to, the, goes to a wholesaler's. And all is exactly what we need, which is wow. just amazing. Excellent. And, you know, she drops that, you know, I'll go and collect the food and that keeps us stocked up, which is fantastic. Great. I believe you've got a list of things that uh, I have, you need yeah, at the I, moment. I, I do want to jump the gun, but um, yeah, I do have a, a list of needs at the moment. And okay, um, for, those that wish to donate, so the, for those that wish to donate food, um, the collection points are at Brownies and at the co-op. Um, at this time of year, you know, we're looking for soup. Um, but not tomato. We're not tomato. We had one of the big supermarkets, you know, drop a load of tomato soup in us, which is fantastic, of course. But any any soup, but not tomato, would be great. Any tin spaghetti, um, any tins of cold meat, biscuits, jars of sauce for pasta and rice, and cup of soup. Um, all basics, but you know we are in need of them. Running low, so any of those items, if people can drop those, would be fantastic. And also egg boxes. I forgot to mention egg boxes. Oh, Still, okay. You know, don't I've got a few of those myself. I'll drop oh, well, them by. <laughs> don't dispose of those. Give them to us because because with the with the um, the orchard we get um, a box of eggs, but we have to decant them into six. You know, into okay. four to six. So um, any of those items, just drop them at the car or brownies, and that'll be fantastic. Excellent. One last question, Ben. If yes. if someone's in need, or they know of a neighbour that's in need for food from the food bank. How can yep. they get in touch? Right. So on the Clydesdale Food Bank website, there's a um, phone number. Just call that phone number. Um, and, you know, the lady there called Liz, she'll help you out and point you in the right direction. You know, she'll help you out, you know, how to get the referral. So you start getting the food deliveries to your front door. Um, it's all confidential, you know, mm-hmm. just and, and don't hesitate to ask for some help. And also on the website, sort of say, um, there's a donate button as well. So those that wish to donate money, or those that wish to volunteer again, make the make the call to the, make the call to the food bank and offer your services. Um, but just don't be shy; just pick up the phone to us, and okay. uh, we're all friendly people. So excellent. People can also get in contact with me, and that will all be held in in confidence. And uh, we'll make sure that you get the help that you need, which is what we're about. Ben, can I take this opportunity on behalf of the church to say a big thank you for all that you do? I know that you don't do it for the thanks but you are greatly appreciated and i just want to on behalf of the church to bless you and lynn and elsie and george god bless you ben 
Thanks very much, Mike. And thanks to everyone in Bigger for their continued support. It's much appreciated. Thank okay. you. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Just to add to that, if you do know of anybody who would benefit from help from the food bank, um, you can contact uh, Mike or the Bigger Community Action Group are now able to refer people as well. So thank you to Ben and Mike for that. Let's turn to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that we can pray, give us this day our daily bread, knowing that you have promised to meet all our needs. At this time of harvest, we thank you for your provision. But we live in an imperfect, unjust world where many struggle to meet their own needs or the needs of their families, especially at this time with so many job losses and businesses suffering from the effects of COVID. We bring before you now all who have financial problems and are anxious about having even the basics they need to live. Thank you for the work of the Clydesdale Food Bank and for food banks up and down the country and all over the world. We pray for the managers and the volunteers as they serve in this way. We pray that you will prompt all of us who have so much to be generous in our donations of both food and money to help those who have so little. We pray too for all those who use food banks that they will see the love of Jesus in the people who serve them. We pray for situations to be transformed, that jobs will be found, benefits will come through and people's dignity restored as they once again are able to provide for themselves and their families. Lord God, we lift before you today all those known to us who are suffering. We pray for those who are sick in body, mind or spirit. We pray for the lonely, those who feel unloved and all who are afraid. May they know your presence, your power and your protection. In the silence, we lift before you any known to us who need you today. We pray for all political leaders, scientific advisors and others who are having to make decisions that affect people in so many different ways. Give them wisdom, Lord, and we pray that they will look to you for the way forward. Finally, we pray for ourselves. Lord, help us to understand what it means to love one another deeply from the heart. Teach us to be patient, compassionate, kind and generous to one another and to the world around us. We lift our prayers to you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Our final hymn.